Hey guys, welcome back to the Illust Podcast. It's me, your host, Roni, and my co-host, Will, over here. What up, what up? (laughs) Uh, Today, we got a few topics for you. Um, Some things that we've been dealing with ourselves lately, and we just wanted to um, talk about with you guys and hear what... I wanted to hear what Will had to say about this specifically. Um, First topic is anxiety surrounding doctor's appointments. Um, Do you when you go into the doctor or when you have an appointment follow-up do i have anxiety at doctor's appointments like or like around them yeah Uh, yeah appointment do you get anxiety or anything like that i i think when i was as like a cancer patient other than around scans i wasn't really anxious about doctor's appointments because we're like you're in it right like that's all you're doing is going to the doctor's appointments so it just becomes like a daily regular thing but I think now as a survivor, that perception and that view has kind of shifted into something that where that now doctor's appointments mean a lot more because now you're getting an update on where you're at, how you're doing, what's your blood doing in your body. And I mean, even last week, I had an appointment on Wednesday and um, all went well. My counts were stable, but there were no like improvements or anything. And there was nothing uh i guess to talk at home about right everything was just the same pretty much and which i mean that's better than everything decreasing right or something else going haywire or wrong so you got to take your and but uh at the same time i think that there's still just the residual anxiety of like hoping your body's like healing as it should and doing the right things as it should and um i think that my anxiety with doctor's appointments comes from the basis of you know, not really sure I'm doing the right thing during the week, right? Mm -hmm. Am I getting enough sleep? Am I eating enough? Am I exercising enough? You know, am I, you know, I hardly ever, ever drink, right? But like, you know, if I take this drink or if I try to have a little bit of fun or let go or like try to go see friends, you know, am I putting myself at risk for fucking COVID? God forbid, you know? Um, and so I, I think that that's what it starts like triggering in my head with the anxiety. What about you? Like, what's your kind of grasp with being anxious around doctors, doctors' appointments, and so stuff like same that? thing. When I was in it, like when I was when I had cancer and I was in the hospital mm-hmm. and stuff, I don't think I had any anxiety about it. I was too busy being sick. <laughs> to worry exactly. About yeah. yeah. Um, you're just kind of you know living moment to moment. Um, but now I like, I don't honestly get, um, anxiety before follow-up appointments unless I feel in my heart, like something is wrong because I genuinely, I generally know my body. Um, and mm-hmm. I usually am the one to tell the doctor this and this is wrong, you know? So, yeah. so I just trust myself to know, even though I don't know if that's necessarily, um, right or not, because, yeah, I should yeah. be having more anxiety. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't really get too much anxiety, honestly. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of jealous of that. Like, I think that, yeah, I, 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 I usually tell the doctor everything, right, that's been going on, or like if anything has felt, felt weird or different and stuff. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know, sometimes you're just like, you're not sure because, yeah, sure. you know, cancer is one of those, my dogs are barking, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, 
cancer is one of the things where your body rebelled against you, right? And so I think a lot of us, myself included, have trouble trusting, trusting our bodies again. I agree. Yeah, I agree. exactly. I agree. Exactly. I think, honestly, for me, it's more of so much experience has taught me to know, like, what if I'm feeling off or something. But that's the problem, too. Like, okay, true. I might not get anxiety right before an appointment, but I have anxiety, yeah. like, every other moment of the day because, like, like – um, this sort of takes me to a related but next topic that I have, um, okay. which is I sometimes have very s- small, like stupid symptoms, which could be like lately, my eye, my right eye has been twitching, um, okay. right? That sounds like a totally normal thing that happens. Um, yeah. But it was happening for like a month or two um, every day. And I was just like, what is going on? This is so weird. And yeah. uh, in my mind, I turned an eye twitch into a brain tumor. <laughs> um, that's terrifying. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, that's it. This is it for me. My eye is twitching. You know, this is the end. <laughs> just like, yeah. And, like, peace out. Writing my letters to my family. Like, it's over. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even joking. And then my mom told me that her friend her eye was switching and then she got like those blu-ray gla- those like anti blue light blue glasses light- yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. blue light glasses and her eyes stopped twitching and i realized in that moment <laughs> that there could be a very <laughs> simple explanation <laughs> for my eye twitching <laughs> and because my brain is so like clouded by the trauma that i experienced it's like blind yeah. to the most like obvious explanation or basic yeah, yeah basic uh things that happen yeah. to us yeah and and i um i don't know i i went to, i don't know i went to the doctor and one of the things that i brought up was the eye twitching thing and she didn't really yeah. she didn't know much she said that I, I don't even remember she didn't she said that's not really her domain i need to see someone else but just <laughs> just talking to her i realized like this is probably nothing and my eye has been twitching much less <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> since then. So basically what I have to say is trauma. <laughs> Just trauma. No, yeah. I think it's it's like this, the folks that, you know, some of us Google our symptoms and stuff like that. And you get on, you know, the med, med websites and you all of a sudden, you know, Wikipedia has, is telling you that you have stage four pancreatic cancer no. or something crazy, you know? Like, oh, even blood work. You look up the... Yeah. What does ABC mean, whatever, in your blood work, you know, making up. Yeah. Um, and it says something completely different. And then you go to, it says something, it explains something. Yeah. And it should be legit because those are just like lab numbers, just like numbers. But then yeah. I go to my doctor and she tells me that's not at all what that lab work means. <laughs> You're like. Yeah. So like, don't Google anything at all. No, literally. <laughs> yeah. No, and I was. I was thinking, you know, I think there's a difference as well in our survivorship, Roni. Like, you're how many ever years out now, right? Whereas I'm pretty fresh, right? I met that, like, we're working on nine months, eight, nine months, I don't know, um, post-transplant. And I don't know, it's like a different... Completely different. Completely different situation, you know? And, like, obviously, I'm getting these monthly checkups and everything like that. But I, I don't have... I'm not in that state where I'm like, I'm getting like little things that are super bothering me yet. I think that I actually, no, I take that back because yesterday I had a stomach ache. I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm just going to go on a rant real quick. <laughs> yesterday I ate some Qdoba with Amy and uh, I had a stomach ache after it. And I was like, 
I feel like hell. And then I like <laughs> went to the went to the like bathroom or whatever and um like my my stomach like cramped and like my abdominals all cramped, my muscles. And like the last time I had those types of symptoms when I was when I had C diff and everything, um oh went yeah. post transplant. And so I was like my head immediately went there. And yeah. like I was just like and obviously it's not that, right? Like I probably just there's something maybe in keto's food, something like, yeah. you know, it's not a big deal. Anyways, what I'm saying is I think that I definitely have that anxiety <laughs> too. And it sounds like it doesn't get any better the farther you get out. I want to be honest with you. So... For me, it got worse. <laughs> <laughs> I used to not. But honestly, I didn't really have much of this anxiety in regards to symptoms that I recall, at least, until yeah. I was diagnosed with melanoma three years ago. Uh, and I yep. realized that silly little things that you don't think twice about can be yeah. something really bad that's yeah. what that's honestly i don't know you know it probably just like triggered something within me and no yeah. and now my brain thinks that every little thing is could be huge because in my mind every every little thing that was happening i was taking it as like this is nothing this is nothing this is nothing i can handle it Correct. i'm strong but at the end of the day um until i and I would still get it checked, of course, even though I knew it was nothing, I would still tell them. But in my mind, I, I wasn't worried. Um, yeah. But when I found that little spot, the melanoma, that also looked fine. Like, But there was something in my heart that was telling me it was off. Um, I didn't think that it could happen, you know, it yeah, could re- that, exactly. that I could get another cancer or relapse or whatever. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. yeah. No, I. So you remember our guest, Katerina, right? Yeah, of course. Love oh, her. bless her heart, love dude. Her. Um, <laughs> love her. Uh, so she just recently got some scans and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was just catching up with her, talking with her about what's going on. And um, she was talking about, you know, having the anxiety around that type of stuff. And I, I personally think, and I know that she is as well, she's waiting for that like year or two mark, right? Year, one and a half years, or I, I forget where she's at now. I'm having chemo brain, but yeah. Um, I'm waiting for that, the, you know, those marks, because for cancer patients, you know, when you get like a year out or a year and six months, two years, as you get farther out, uh, you can literally watch uh, just the decline of the chance of relapse yeah. and like, like look at it on a graph. It's like significant, you know, each, each, each barrier, each hurdle you get over in that time period um, is just so uh, welcoming. And so I was just talking with her about that and, uh, yeah, I don't know why I brought that up, but I was just thinking about like how I guess the ease of the anxiety, I guess, and yeah, that hopefully it'll come because you know obviously it's still affecting you, but like for some of us, hopefully those those things kind of like dissipate. Yeah, and, like it's not always there, and like as you get farther out, you can be more confident and trust your body a little bit more in what's going on. I guess exactly. Did did she tell you by the way how her scans went? Can you talk? Uh, she didn't, she didn't have anything back yet. So I did, I did tell her to reach out like when she finds out, uh, of course, but, uh, she just doesn't have anything back yet. So she actually, so she lives in Greece. She flew to Germany to get her stuff. That's where all of her treatments gotten done, but, uh, Germany was shutting down. And so they forced her to fly back to Greece. She got on like a last minute flight. Yeah, aren't Otherwise she... right now they're in lockdown. What? Aren't they in lockdown right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so she had to fly back from Germany to Greece and in like 
she has to finish out all of her scans and stuff in Greece. So it's yeah. like she's just having a heck of a time. Yeah, that's that's, that's intense. Um, thanks, COVID. Jeez. We love you. What what'd you say? No, I said if she's listening, we wish her luck and we love you. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah. But um, is there anything you want to add or should I we want to move on? Uh I'm trying to think if there like if there's anything else about like being anxious with I don't know. General, I've do you have you had like just like general anxiety, just like emotionally lately at all about anything? Lately, my nighttime anxiety has been so much worse. Just that, really okay. You know what I always tell you about how like I can't sleep. Yeah, yeah. Anxiety. So, um, yeah, it's been so much worse. And lately, my I've been doing therapy once every two weeks instead of every week. And I okay. Related. Like it doesn't in my mind. It, nothing is different like I don't feel worse yeah or something. like nothing is going on that I would you know what I mean that it would ramp up that anxiety it, yeah but but it's been worse and I I think my meditation hasn't been that good lately but I don't know what about you yeah no yeah I was I was thinking about that too and I I honestly haven't been eating as much as I should lately and I'm kind of disappointed in myself weight has been always something that I've struggled with even when I've been younger like People are going to be like, you're not even obese, Will. You're fine. You have to wash porn abs. Everything's okay. <laughs> no, that's just because I'm fucking skinny, first off. <laughs> Second, I, yeah. like, and I, I fully uh, admit to that. But, like, I just, I think I just need to eat more. And I think I need to, I, I added into my schedule this week 30 minutes to an hour of a nap each day to try to, like, get a little bit extra because yeah. I think that my body could just use a little bit more rest because I mean, I sleep my, what my seven to 10 or whatever that is yeah. each night. I try to sleep seven to eight hours a night that I have scheduled and wake up uh, at a decent time. But I don't know. I think being a, as large and in charge as I am, you know, my gen- gentle green giant that I am, <laughs> I need, uh, I need the extra sleep. Right. Let me say that again. Six foot seven. Yes, six foot seven. Wait, I can't even imagine. A, ma- a massive man of meat. <laughs> Actually, really just bone right now, but we're working on it. Wait, it's fine. Wait, wait what? I missed that. I said a massive man of meat, actually just of bone, <laughs> because I need to gain weight. There's also meat. There's also a lot of hair on your head. Valid, valid. There's a lot of hair follicles up here, guys. She's thick. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Okay um let's go let's move on yeah my next topic for today was i i posted a story about this on my on my instagram blog um and it was i couldn't heal because i kept pretending i wasn't hurt and that really resonated with me because i couldn't heal because because i kept pretending i wasn't hurt because i kept pretending i wasn't hurt yeah so that really resonated with me because I, I, when I was, um, like, after a transplant for, like, a few years, I feel like at least four years, I would go to therapy, and I would just sit there and not really talk, and sort of just, in my mind, I thought that was me being strong, and, yeah, and, like, I'm, like, you don't need to talk about this, because you're obese, you can handle it, you don't need to, like, make your, yeah. expose yourself to the world just to, prove that I don't know whatever whatever yeah. I was thinking um 
And then one day I decided to, I don't even know why, but something changed. I decided to open up. Maybe I was really emotional one day and I just couldn't hold it in. I just started to cry and I opened up. Yeah. And and then I realized that I was actually um, hurting myself by not opening up it because I couldn't heal if I wasn't going yeah. to um, talk it through and sort of um, not relive it, but talk about my trauma and heal from it. Like I couldn't heal from it unless I would, I don't even know. Yeah. You, there was no, there was no effort to like try to understand it. There was no, to try to learn from it. There was no process it. Right. Exactly. Um, I mean, I had to no. It in order to, to heal from it. Correct. I wasn't yeah. doing that. No, I, I, I completely agree. I think I, I remained this stoic, like tough, you know, had to be the tough one in the room. This this happened a lot when I originally got diagnosed was I felt like I had to be the tough one for my family, right? And you feel like the you as the cancer patient can't show emotion or you can't uh, do the right things. And eventually that changed for me. I did a whole TED talk on how you should feel your emotions. But um, sure. no, like I think it's it's so important in order to like heal and learn from and grow from those experiences. And you know what I've found is, so like you said, it, it, we're not able to heal unless we process some of these things, right? What I've found is that growth and like healing in this post-cancer world as a survivor is dynamic. And by dynamic, I mean, it's ever-changing. It's uh, a challenge every day. It is um, difficult, not easy by any means. And it is, uh, it can be, it can get pretty frustrating and like, like isolating and stuff. Uh, and what I'm trying to get at here is that, uh, we, we learn all these lessons, right. From this adversity we're facing, we learn all this stuff and there are going to be days that are going to come and it feels like we, or we're going to make a mistake. Something's going to happen. And we're going to be like, dude, I, I fucking knew better than this. Like cancer taught me more than to worry about uh, what grade I got on my math test. Right. Like, but like, but you're going to be so (laughs) what? Go ahead. Say that again. Apparently I still worry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. And so like, I've been having like, I've been talking to Ed about this, my therapist this past week. And like, I've, I've just completely lost all sense of, you know, the things I should be grateful for, like being alive for God's sakes, you know, and like uh, being grateful to have like shelter and a place to live and, you know, a warm home and a bed and family and uh, food and stuff. And like when I, when I switched my thinking to that, I immediately got a lot happier with like where I was. Cause obviously, you know, Roni, we're in positions of we're young adults and we are nowhere near uh, where our peers are Mm -hmm. at right now you know what i'm saying and it it can be that's where that isolating piece comes in and that that like sadness loneliness piece comes in it's really easy to just like get depressed by that exactly right yeah like just just looking around and not that we should compare ourselves and i constantly say it but i always do it don't compare yourself i get it i compare (laughs) myself to people every day uh no um yeah, it's just hard. But I think I think there's definitely truth in that saying, especially with for us that are kind of like tough guys, like still looking tough. Like, yeah, Amy's that way. She she'll like she's very tough. 
and she which I totally respect like being being the the tough way that she is and like the things stuff that she's been through and like how she handles things because it really is a strength of hers that I like wouldn't want her to give up mm-hmm. um but as long as she can be vulnerable when she needs to be yeah. it's it's still good you know yeah, I agree so. I, I feel like I'm kind of like that where I'll hide, I can it? sort of be vulnerable when I when I need to be like in therapy when I need to yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I actually remembered an important topic, like something that was part about the, um, that related to the anxiety surrounding the doctor's appointments. Okay. Yeah. About, so, do you care if we like back up real quick? Yeah. Back, back, back up the bus. Let's do it. But, um, the other topic that I wanted to discuss, which I, for some reason, just forgot uh, halfway through, which was like, which, um, relating to the anxiety with the doctor's appointments is that like I notice that after I leave a doctor's appointments a doctor's appointment um whether or not it was a bad one or you know just you okay actually when it's a bad one it's worse when it's a bad one I I get I definitely get um I guess my PTSD just somehow gets triggered um and I notice that like on my drive I only realized this recently even though it's been happening for such a long time and I didn't really um, associate it with, with my PTSD for a long time, but on the drive home, I become, uh, like very angry almost and emotional and I can't control my thoughts or my words. And, you know, my mom is always, I can't, I can't even say this without like crying, but my mom is always the one with me. And I, and I, it really hurts me that I release that, um, on her because yeah. One, who's there for me and I don't mean I'm not mad at her it's like I can't control no yeah what I'm feeling and it has nothing to do with her at all it's more of like she's the person who's right next to me while I'm feeling this and yeah I, she's the listening yeah. the soundboard yeah, yeah yeah and I never um I never uh, really get like that other than like right after appointments and for so long I didn't understand why that was happening but I think it has to do with like maybe just having to hear everything that I've been through from the doctors and, the, and them always usually giving me like bad news where, well, there's nothing we can do about this or been doing yeah. so well, even though it's hard and uh, we're proud of you. And it's always like something where you're, you're, even if you're not expecting them to give you some good news. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess an example of this was a few weeks ago I had, um, uh, what do you call that test? Uh, the nerve test where they put the, those like little needles into your uh, EMG. EMG. Yeah. Um, and and I just did the test because my, my doctors told me to. I wasn't expecting to learn anything new. Um, but after the test, they just basically told me like, yeah, you have the same results as you did a few years ago. Like um, we're getting some response, but it's light and... Um, there's clearly some nerve damage um, and, and that's it. And it, no, no news, like nothing that I was, wasn't expecting. And, yeah. But, but I don't know my reaction afterwards is just like, just that just angry and emotional and I don't understand it really. I, 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 I wonder if it's like, I, I think we all going into our doctor's appointments have a degree of hope. We have a degree of hope for change or something that's different. 
like your exact example I know is a completely different degree than me this past Wednesday, but like not seeing any remote improvement in my accounts. I, I, I can say that I honestly felt a little bit similarly. Like, even though I was okay, everything's fine. I, I didn't expect, I, or I didn't, I didn't walk in expecting, but maybe hope is an expectation. I don't know. But uh, I mean, I think we always hope for something good to change, you know, or yeah. some, some good news, but yeah, just like hearing that actually, no, you're just, everything's all kind of good. Like you're just the same. Yeah. You're, you're kind of like, come on, like, like give me I haven't something. seen you in so long. Like, give me, give me something that I can thrive off of for another month before I come see you again, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's difficult. That is, that is really difficult. I'd have to agree. And I, I'm glad your mom can be there as a sounding board to yeah. help you work through some if- of that. I hope she's listening right now, and I and I and I already apologize. Oh my god, I can't speak about this. I already apologized to You're her okay. about it once, but I want her to know that I love her more than anything, and that it means so much to me that she's always with me. And uh, they can't see me, but I keep hiding my faces if they can see my tears. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's only me here. I got Johnny. Yeah, um, but uh. yeah, I just want to thank you for always being there for me, and I'm sorry that I. That sometimes you uh, see um, the bad too, and you don't deserve that. And I've been trying very hard to control that after after an appointment. Um, but I wanted to also say um, that I, I don't want to forget this. My, I spoke to my therapist about this in general, um, and what you can say I'm, uh, when when you're used to getting bad news um, from your doctors or when you're just maybe not even bad news, but for you, it's even if it's the mm-hmm. same for you, it's considered bad news. So maybe you can say this to your doctor. Tell me something positive to keep me in the right frame of mind. Basically so that your your body continues to like want to heal itself because you keep hearing bad yeah. news. Like that's not going to do anything good for you. So, exactly. so even something, I don't know what it could, like the doctor will come up with it, but like tell me something positive. Don't just tell me negative things, you know? No, no, that's, that's perfect. I actually literally texted my oncologist, my bone, my transplant doc right after that. And I said, like, I'm reading the text right now. I said, stagnant blood counts today. Is that good? And you know, she sent back, she said, totally normal. takes a long time to get back to normal counts. Stable counts are good. So just that reassurance, like just that alone, like you're saying right there, like that positive reassurance of dude, you're totally good. Like this is totally normal. You're fine. Like keep, yeah. keep trucking, exactly. keep living your life and enjoying it. Like that can help you. That can help you push forward. Yeah. Right. And continue to move on. And no, I, I love that you heard that from your therapist. Cause that could probably benefit a lot of people. Out there. Yeah. Just to remember, I honestly forgot to say that recently to my doctors, but I just want to tell you also, I'm pretty sure that for the first year after transplant, if not longer, my counts were really, really, really bad, if not way longer. So I just want you to know that like, it doesn't mean anything if it's stagnant like you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like they're they're gonna flush yeah, yeah it's yeah, not yeah, it doesn't mean yeah. something bad at all <laughs> i'm not no, a doctor yeah, but no. just <laughs> <laughs> well i appreciate i appreciate you telling me that of course of course uh, uh i think we all kind of just hope to like return to some sort of normalcy you yeah. know and it seems like it's a it's a constant roller coaster ride of trying to get there mm-hmm. but I I really like your your discussion of like your relationship with your mom and I think it's 
this is just something that I was reflecting on last night and like the prior days and about our close caregivers and, you know, the, the impact that they go through and ways that they can be, you know, helpful for us as patients. And I was like, I've been thinking about, okay, what I'm trying to say folks here is how could a caregiver be helpful to us cancer patients? So from our point of view as survivors or patients, how are, how can, how can we best communicate with our caregivers to let them feel like they're helping, right? Mm -hmm. Because these are situations that are out of control. It's our health, it's cancer. We, they, they have no control. You know, our caregivers go through this just as much as we go through Mm -hmm. it, you know, because they're, whether it's your parents, a grandparent, someone, I feel like they go through it even more. Exactly. Exactly. And so I I was thinking about this a lot and I think the best thing you can do (laughs) What? No, I was saying like on some level they go through it even more. I was just finished. Yeah. Continue. No, emotion, mentally, emotionally, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, communication, just like talking with them, like Roni said, talking with her mom, you know, and like having her be that soundboard. So as the caregiver, if you could just be that that soundboard for mm-hmm. us, like that that helps out a lot. We may not want your opinions. We just need some. <laughs> we just need you to listen. Yeah. Like, even if, even if we're wrong, yeah. like, just, just like, listen. just like, listen, just listen for a sec. And like, like we, we, we're very emotional, whatever. So let us just get that out. And, um, we want, we want a healthy, just a healthy way to yeah. release some of the emotions to someone that we care about. Yeah. yeah. We just want to vent. And, um, that's like the only way that I've been thinking about right now is just communication and stuff and how important that is. But um, mm-hmm. I'm sure there are other ways that caregivers could be uh, a better assistance. I don't yeah. know, Roni, if you have any on the top of your head. Um, but... No, I think of better assistance to us. Yeah, like better assistance to us. Yeah, just like how they could um, tips for them to. I guess not just maybe not to be too overbearing. I know they want to protect us and be there for us. But sometimes yeah. as adults, it can yeah like we also need some independence um oh i just got a good one good one yeah 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 no i like i like that not to be would you say overbearing yeah just not to like i'm not saying like i'm actually not even talking about like my mom now she's very independent. no no she lets me yeah just in general but just in general like um definitely when i was younger like you can feel like you know they they sort of see you as a child forever and so yeah. they they will i don't know just kind of um be a little overbearing sometimes when it comes to everything (laughs) no yeah and I think something else is like don't as the caregiver try not to feel or show at least don't show it I mean you can feel that way but try to release it to someone other than the actual patient because they're going through a lot already um don't like show like guiltiness or something like that. Like you somehow caused this. Like I know my mom uh, battled a lot with, you know, is there anything we could have changed in like his diet or his health? Or like, is there anything we could have done prior to cancer to help this not happen? Mm -hmm. Right. And like she, she, she carried that guilt for a little while. And I'm really grateful that my mom like released that though and went into an, an action phase where she just, tried to help me in any way I could, you know, like, you know, she, she just let it go really quick. She's like, you know, yeah, like we could have, we could have changed a thousand things, but could have, should have, would have, right. Like all we have is moving forward. So um, I think that, and then, 
at the end of the day, we never know. Even if the doctors say, like, you ate this and it caused, like, they don't really know. Like, yeah, unless exactly. Yeah. Goes to like a ridiculous amount of radiation or something that can cause. Of course, cancer. something crazy. Yeah. You're they like camping out in Chernobyl yeah, every night. They you know? Don't know. They don't know. Yeah. yeah. And then I guess the last one that I had was just like emotional. Like you're being that that soundboard. Like your mom, Roni, for example, mm-hmm. is like an emotional soundboard. She's that support for right. you. So. I'm not saying like as a caregiver not to express your emotions to the patient, but I don't think that it should be like something that overwhelms the, like the one that's sick. Right. So like maybe your mom could, you know, maybe she's frustrated or something about uh, way a doctor is treating you or something like that. Right. Totally cool, whatever. But she's not going to like sit there and like kick scream cry you know or anything like that about the situation like she'll just remain um stoic in that and maybe can talk to your dad or something about it right yeah. rather than like to you because like unless, unless just, like, i'm parties. talking about it the, correct, yeah, yeah. correct. Then, then she'll talk about it with me. yeah yeah i feel like she probably um, doesn't so, talk yeah, about most just... things with me <laughs> <laughs> probably not yeah. bless her heart yeah. bless her heart uh so yeah i just in the ways of just being a really helpful and supportive caregiver, I think those are some tips that we would recommend for sure. Just on the mo- mental, emotional side, at least yeah. for. And maybe we can also give a little bit. tips on another day. We can think of something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stuff so that, sweet. yeah, like patients, just chill out. Your parents are going through yeah, it too. You know, yeah, exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. Like, uh, like your caregiver feels it just as much as you do. Yeah, so. if not more. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, um, thank you guys for listening today with, um, for being here today and listening to us. Um, sorry, I'm not out of it today, but, um, (laughs) we love you guys and, um, stay ill. Yeah. Stay ill. We'll see.